Kia ora te whanau, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou katoa, and welcome back to Make Better Wedding Films. Today, I'm doing a little intro in Te Reo Māori to celebrate Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori or Māori Language Week here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Te Reo Māori is the indigenous language of Aotearoa, New Zealand, and every year we have a week to celebrate our beautiful indigenous native language. I'd like to start off by telling you guys a couple of words you can use in Te Reo Māori if you would like to. The first word is the word for hello, which is kia ora. Uh, you might have seen it written as kia ora, but it's pronounced kia ora. And next, I thought it'd be nice to have a couple of wedding related kupu or words. And the first one is the word for love, which is aroha. Our friends over in the United States might recognize the similarity to the Hawaiian word for hello, uh, aloha. It comes from the same sort of derivation of the Pacific languages. And the final word is the word for beautiful, which is atahua. Um, so yeah, just a couple of uh, kupu, a couple of Māori words for you to potentially use in your everyday to celebrate Tewiki or Te Reo Māori, um, you know, from your friendly New Zealand podcast down in this end of the world. So yeah, a couple of announcements before we get into today's show. The first of which is the fact that this episode is sponsored by Musicbed. Musicbed is the best place to find music for your wedding film. Um, they have the best selection, the best artists. Uh, they have a specific subscription service for wedding filmmakers. And if you want your first month free of that, you can use the promo code MBWF at checkout to get a month free. It lets them know that you like the show, that we sent you, and it just helps us keep the lights on here. The second announcement we have before we get into the show is the fact that we were running a competition on our Instagram to give away a copy of our Cinematic LUTs Volume 1. And the winner of that competition is Gemma Jade Photographer on Instagram. Uh, we'll flick your DM, but congrats to you, Emma. And the final note before we get into the show is a quick apology on the audio quality for this episode. We had an absolute comedy of errors happen for this episode. I'm so sorry. My microphone wasn't hooked up uh, to our podcasting s software. We had some audio glitches on our guest David's end and um, Andrew's van was parked next to a really busy road. So I'm really sorry for the audio quality for this episode. I'm hoping the content can make up for it. It's a really great uh, conversation we had with David. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy the show. Apologies again for the audio and uh, kia ora everybody. Enjoy the episode. Sometimes someone creates something so fresh and out of the box, people can't help but stop and take notice. Today, Andrew and I are sitting down with wedding photographer David Lee, who created a Wes Anderson-inspired stop-motion masterpiece of a film that was nominated for Junebug's Best Wedding Film 2021. However, the catch is that it was so time-consuming and so difficult to create that David will never make anything like it again. And so today's show is about trying new things, learning, being creative, failing, and ultimately finding small nuggets of gold amongst piles of shit. My name is Ben, and this is Make Better Wedding Films. I guess because my main focus is taking photos, 
So if I knew I could take the photo, I guess, semi-right, if I took a whole bunch of those photos semi-right and put them all together, then I could make something in motion. Um, rather than trying to learn the video side of things, I guess, it's just kind of shortcutting that step for myself anyway. Yeah. You're talking it down a little bit. I mean, this film was nominated for <laughs> June Bob's Best Wedding Film of 2021. It's kind of no small feat. <laughs> we uh, we discovered it because we got nominated too. Neither of us won. That doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> We're all winners here. Oh, we won. We won, yeah. We won on our hearts, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, for, I'm sure we'll put it up on Instagram. But, yeah, what I'm, I'm curious to know, did you go into that knowing that you are going to try and make a film stop-motion style? And did that obviously impact the way that you shot the stills on the dash? So with Tina and Chris's wedding, I, I knew that it was going to be quite a small, intimate one, like under 20 people. And they their theme was Wes Anderson. Um, but I didn't go into their wedding day going, I'm going to make a film. I just knew that it's going to be different. They're choice people. And um, they've given me, they gave me quite a lot of leeway to just do whatever. So even even on the, the day of the wedding, um, I arrived, uh, checked out the venue that they had their little wedding elopement kind of thing. Um, and it wasn't until probably about two hours into the day, I was like, Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do something, because once once the guests started arriving, and they're all dressed up like they fully embraced the theme, and I was like, okay, this, we've got to do something, kind of left field, out of the box for this wedding, because it's it's kind of the perfect uh, opportunity to do it with the number of people, how they're dressed, and just the whole vibe of the day. So. Yeah, it's. I I, I went, went in with a a forty five mil tilt shift Canon lens that I borrowed from um, a legend photographer Brad Boniface, who's a who lives in Palmerston North. Um, so I had that forty five mil tilt shift to kind of be creative anyway. But the actual um, going in with an idea to make a film, it wasn't until. A couple hours into the wedding, I was like, I'll, I'll try and do something. So you're telling me on the fly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think what he's trying to tell us, Ben, is he accidentally made a wedding film that got nominated for Best Wedding Film of 2021. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That, that's good to know. So it's it was completely on the fly deciding to do this stop motion. Because, like, okay, because here, here, here's the thing that's starting to melt my brain is that like I've seen people do s s stop motion before Bailey and Moore who you'll be aware of obviously um used to do it a lot and when I like when I would see them do it they've got tripods and it's a, it's a very deliberate process thought out so like I don't know like had you been like seeing stop motion stuff like what sort of started to had you done any sort of preparation to prepare you to like know what to do on the day, um, like to how to capture that? Um, it's, probably got a shock. it's probably going to shock a lot of people, but I didn't really know too much about Wes Anderson as well before the wedding. 
So it's a bit of Google search. There was a lot of like, uh, I guess, symmetrical kind of mm. stuff. So subject in the middle. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I'm not a big historian of like photographers and, and art and video, you know, I'm just a lad <laughs> with a camera. <laughs> Just trying to take a good, just trying to take a decent photo for a couple, um, yeah. but yeah, it's it's it, like I said, it's a, just a snowball of doing a gif, but mm-hmm. for an extended period of time. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, a lot of I, yeah, I guess you the have majority been... majority of it is shot with the forty five mil tilt shift, mm-hmm. so a lot of like manual focus and stuff. Yeah. Um, and during the ceremony, it's all just handheld. So it's just me having to stand there and kind of purposely in my head, still capture the wedding, but like know that I've got to still get X amount of shots to create a segment of that or that film or that GIF. Um, so you'll see in the opening, like during the ceremony scene, like people walking in front and stuff, um, just because I'm just standing there having to try to be still yeah <laughs> to be honest so, yeah. and so we're all the stop motion um especially like when it comes to the, the ones like where it's um the couple and the guests all like dancing and stuff is that all handheld you just trying to keep as still as possible or did you now nah. tripod um at that point i was like okay i need to get the tripod out <laughs> yeah yeah so there's um a part where the I just break away the, the couples who are at the wedding to do a little uh, motion. So that was during the canapes or like the kind of cocktails, having beers and stuff. I'd pull a couple away to the tennis court. They'd do their thing. So I had to set up the tripod for that. Um, and also they did a, after the ceremony, they danced around the property and danced all the way around the property until they came back. So I got them to come back and go in line. And then they did the little thing as well. Mexican way of yeah. dancing stuff as well. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I think what's cool about this style of video and this whole thing is that like, I think, feedback, um, is that I think, like some people realize, but I think a, 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 lot, a lot of people aren't aware that video is just lots of photos stuck together. And so like what you were doing is, is video is just approaching it in a different, in a, in a different way. And yeah, it's, it's just cool to see someone like approaching, um, I don't know, the act of making a video in in a really, unique way taking the skills obviously you've been playing around with the gift side of thing um and taking all those learnings and it's just sort of eventuated in this really super creative super unique end product um i'd love to talk a little bit now about the dance break section and how you like cut everyone out because that was just sort of that next layer of like this is something we've never ever seen before so where was the idea for that when you were sort of sitting in the in the um, at your computer editing this? What gave you the idea to start to cut the people out and make this sort of beautiful collagey 
I mean, that got even sort of more with Wes Anderson, and it's sort of, it's like, like how did that whole thing come about? Uh, prior to doing all the photo stuff, I used to do design work. So I used to clear cut um, images for product magazines and stuff, like day in, day out. That was my kind of job. So I did that for like 10 years. Um, and then my kids, I've got a book um, where the two leaves of the inside and backside cover have like characters all kind of cut out as well. And then there was a, I think it was an Aussie based uh, photographer, Bri Atlas, I think is his name. Um, and he's, he did something like on steroids of like clear cutting. So I kind of wanted to do with all that kind of stuff, um, but make them move, I guess. Mm. So part of that, when I was pulling the couples away for the tennis court stuff, I actually pulled them away individually and told them, can you give me five, five or six different moves or poses? And when you times that by 20 guests, it's a lot of clear cutting. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. And then, <laughs> um, so on top of, so on top of all that individual clear cutting was making, uh, I guess frames of each, um, pose with everyone in it. And then making enough, making enough d a difference in each pose, and then putting it all together to make a, I guess, like a dance yeah. sequence. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. it's, it's it's easy in a sense. It's just a lot of work yeah. to get to that point. And roughly, how much work is that? Like, how many hours and days and weeks are we talking? Oh, don't ask me how many hours. It was a lot of. <laughs> It was probably a good, like, I wouldn't even know. I was fully, I was fully immersed in it though. So you'd say it was a passion project? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Crazy. And so what's been the, I guess, the feedback and the resulting, um, I guess, like <clears throat> evaluation of the project for you in terms of like, so obviously it's been well, well received and it was nominated and stuff. So um, did it make you think, oh, yeah, I want to keep trying this and trying something similar or it was just totally a one-off thing. You'll never do anything like this again. Um, and, yeah, it was just a one-off thing. I think it's just a one-off thing. But... Yeah. Because <laughs> I just did – I just made – twice the amount of work for myself. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I loved it. And I loved doing it for the couple. Um, and I knew because they were such creative people, like, I thought, I thought they'd, they'd appreciate, I guess, the quirkiness of it. Mm. Um, would I do it again? Probably not. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's just, yeah, like the amount of work that went into it was it was awesome like mm. to put it all in and to kind of get 
the result I was after. And there's always, there's always moments where I was like, ah, I should have shot, I should have shot this or I should have done this. But then with only going into it and then realizing about two hours in that I was going to try to do something, I had already, on the day, I would have already lost two hours of time Yeah. to do that. Um, like I would have wanted to do more like individual stuff with with Chris and Tina, maybe like do like a motion where the the clothes were flat lay and then it came together and, and then they got dressed into it kind mm. of thing. But it's just, yeah, there's a, a balance between letting them actually enjoy the day too and not um, overbearing them with having to do things, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. Things they're not part of the day. Yeah. It sounds like you got lots of uh, ideas for the next one, though. You say that's a, that's yeah. a one-off, but I'm sure, like, I mean, the response on, on your Instagram and your socials and stuff has been crazy. Surely you've got people asking you to do this again already, and I'm sure there'll be, you know, people see what you've done with the stop-motion style of video and want to emulate that and try it for themselves. Like, surely that's not the end. A bright... There was one bride recently that asked if she could do it with all her guests. There was like a hundred guests, and I was like, "Yeah, nah." Because <laughs> yeah, nah. I've got it means I've got to take a photo of every single guest, and if you say it's like two minutes per guest, it's it's two hundred minutes there. Do you want to dedicate two hundred minutes of your wedding day of me taking a photo of each single guest? She's like, oh, yeah, no, nah, probably it's not going to work, eh? I was like, no, nah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. It's a good, I guess, it's good to, to evaluate and to realise that stop motion, as cool and as, and, and as such an epic effect as it is, it's really like time consuming and um, stagnated to produce. Like yeah. it's, it's not, it's by its very nature. It's like stop and then start and then stop and then start and then stop and start. And so you need a very specific kind of couple event situation to allow that yeah. level of yeah. control and systematic approach. You know, a couple who like want the end result enough to go through that process. Yeah. Um, and it definitely is like systematic, mm. like planning, like in your head, planning shots. Yeah. And thinking like, I've got to do, I've got to get this amount of motion in the photos to make like two, two to three seconds of animation yeah. in a film. Yeah. It's, How it's did a you lot. Go I, mean, I, I, yeah, you go, Andrew. I was just going to say the thing that I find really, the um, the thing that I find really interesting about this is that um, in wedding world, wedding film world, all the rage these days at the moment is for narrative filmmaking, like lots of um, audio grabs to tell a story. But I got more sense of story watching this film, your film than I do out of so many others that do actually use narrative. And um, 
I just found that so powerful in that a montage film could give me such a sense of the characters of the couple, the guest, the guest list, who they were all about, what they're all about, their interests, their quirks. I just thought that was so brilliant. I just wanted to like get an insight from you into how in the edit you went about showing off the people that you sort of got to know. I guess like it all came back to Tina and Chris because they're super creative people having having that theme and then their guests like actually putting the effort in and committing to embracing that theme. Like if they didn't come dressed up in the outfits, the the film, I don't think the film would have been as good if they hadn't put the effort in. And then all their, and then them fully embracing, okay, I'm going to do some fucking stupid hours dance moves. Let's take the piss and let's do it. Like if they didn't fully embrace doing poses and stuff, it wouldn't have been as good as well. Like, So it was really reliant on them embracing the wedding day, which they all did, and then just opening themselves up to actually doing like five stupid poses. But really, yeah. I guess that comes down to you two um, being like good at what you do in terms of like making everyone feel comfortable and feeling like they're okay to like and you know, um, yeah, safe and comfortable to, to do that and to have fun and to let loose and and um, and stuff. You know, that's partly a tribute. Obviously, the guests are in the mood enough to get dressed up and have a good time and stuff. But also, I imagine you like leading them through that whole process was all, all part of it. Um, yeah, Andrew, was there any other, I guess, elements with um, Tina and Chris's film in particular you wanted to touch on? There was another element um, in regards to uh, David's um, business and his connection with Ben from Singing Surface that I'd love to go into. So in terms of Tina and Chris's film, was there anything else you wanted to grill David about? No, let's go Let's go to that. But I just wanted to say yeah. for anyone that has gotten this far and hasn't watched the film, do yourself a favour. It's just like a whole ball of just whimsy and wonderful. And I mean, I feel like I know the couple and I... I feel like that's the greatest compliment you can give a wedding filmmaker is to go, you know, I feel like I know these guys. And obviously um, you can tell by the way the film came out that you um, had fallen in love with them a little bit yourself and just really want to show off who they were. And I just, yeah, it's it's not often you get to watch a wedding film and you go, holy crap, that was amazing because there is a lot of um, sameness and emulation in this industry. So I just want to say thanks. <laughs> it was just such a joy to watch. Oh, it was bloody, it was awesome to, to do as a, like, like Ben said, it was a passion, like, it became a passion project, and I was fully immersed myself into it, so that's pretty short. Nice, man. Beautiful. All right, well, um, yeah, there was one other element I, w- I wanted to dive in with you, um, David, and that was your relationship with Ben from Single Service, and because I kind of wanted this part of the show to speak to photographers who, like, thought about adding video to their business um, and things like that. And, and there's probably some some videographers who might find your relationship um, interesting to think about as well. So would you mind, I guess, just giving us a rundown on, yeah, your relationship with Ben from Single Surface um, and the, 
because he's, he's a wedding filmmaker and how you guys came about collaborating um, and marketing your c collaboration um, with photo and video to couples. Uh, I think it was about 2000, 2016. Um, shot a wedding together. Cool dude. Got along with them. Uh, and it pretty, <laughs> it's the pretty much the, the gist of it. Like, he was a cool dude. I liked them. And we came, became friends. And then we shot another wedding. I think it was about seven, seven or eight months later. Still cool vibe. Um, and it kind of just snowballed from there, to be honest. Like, it wasn't, wasn't too overly complicated. Just yeah. it's, cool oh, it's not. It's, it's not a. I guess the the, the thing because I, I guess the, the thing here is it is it it might have like clicked in your brain as obvious, but it's not a common scenario to have a like photographer and a wedding like videographer um, pair up sort of as a as a defined sort of photo and video collab, but keep the brands separate, like. Some people have like one brand that's photo and video. And then there's plenty of photographers and videographers who like actively work together and refer each other, but to sort of market a two brand collab photo and video, I don't really see that done. So I guess, where was the idea for you? Where did you see the benefit of keeping the brand separate, but at the same time marketing it as a collab? Yeah, so I noticed more and more that couples were asking for photo and video, and I didn't do video. So I was like, I pitched it to Ben, like, we've got to do, we've got to do something together. Because at that stage, we were like, already friends and stuff. They're like, we've got to do something together. People keep asking for video. And I'm referring them to you anyway. So shall we try to, to try to make a package? So it's like if you book us, you get you get us <laughs> pretty much. And um, but in the same same time, I think it it worked because I wasn't putting my hand into his business. He wasn't putting my his hand into mine. We're still two separate entities. So if he wanted to say no to weddings to any weddings that I did, he'd say no. Well, if I didn't, if I don't want to do weddings that he did, I'd say no. So I think that was the most, the basic um, element to making it work was the ability to say no, I'm not going to do that, or I don't want to do it for this price, or I don't want to, I can't do it because I've got my own work. Um, and I think making people understand that we're too, separate I guess brands or businesses was what we wanted to make sure people knew but um, still coming across as one I guess one team on your wedding day yeah um, and just knowing that I could uh, refer or like package up with a videographer that I knew was going to be consistent, had the same mindset and 
just produce like quality work was uh, was easy to kind of push that to a, to a client, I guess. Do you have any advice to other photographers who would be interested in a similar, um, I guess, relationship? Anything that you've learned like over the time that you've worked with, with Ben, things um, that you've seen that sort of are a benefit of this kind of partnership, maybe a, you know, like the, the pros and cons, what have you sort of learned over your time with this um, way of d d d doing things? I think if you, how do I word it? Because I wasn't trying to take over the world and make, make bank and just get as much money as I could. Like once I changed my mindset going, okay, I'm already making what makes me happy, like pays the bills, does what I need to do. Why not try to um, get another person on board so they can help prop up and I guess do the same thing, like I guess spread spread their ability to make money. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I know. I know. It's all it's still all business, and you still got to make it a successful business to pay bills and and buy things and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but my mindset was never to, yeah, it was never to try to make the most money or do the most work. That makes sense. Mm. Um, so that, I guess that referring that stuff on, it's, it's always been in my nature to refer work on that I can't do anyway. Yeah. Instead of trying to, trying to, or just say yes to everything and then try to do it and do that a real yeah. hash job of it. Mm. Yeah. It sounds like it came from a place of wanting to have creative satisfaction and hang with like-minded creatives and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know how if that answer your question, Ben. Kind of like drifted off by that. Yeah. No, it's it's all good. It's just I guess it was interesting to sort of think about um, compared to yeah, photographers who have I guess a more common scenario of just having a, a list of videographers they like to work with and just referring them, um, creating a more established. Um, branded partnership like that whether that was anything um you saw as being worthwhile um in doing that because uh, i know a lot of photographers are starting to branch out into video starting to, to, to do video themselves um other photographers who are a bit more i guess not interested in, in, in doing that as, as a way to diversify their business um so i just thought yeah the way you approached it it was just an, an, an interesting new approach to um, the way people are doing things. Yeah, and I don't know, like people, I guess I'm, I'm in the mindset that people are getting me to take photos because they trust that that's what I'm good at mm. or, and they're going to pay me to do photos. So I, I try to apply that mindset to things that I do. So I don't try to do my own accounting. I find a good accountant that I can trust that would do good accounting work. Yeah. And now I can still just do my photo stuff. And then same with video, like 
I'm not going to try to do it myself. Mm. I'm going to refer them on to, or like, here's Ben. He does bloody good video. Like, I can trust him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it kind, of, it kind of, yeah, 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 it kind of like keeps a level of, yeah, uh, what would you d- d- describe it as? Just a level of delivery, delivery, a, a level of consistency to your output, to aligning your brand, saying like, rather than like, my brand of photography is up here, but I'll happily offer you a video product of, you know, a lower quality but it's all under my brand by like aligning yourself with I guess a more established videographer you'd be like this is my level of photography and this is a level of videography that I'm aligning myself to um it's yeah just it's just like you're saying you're not not going to do your own accounts because you're not a good accountant you know you're going to just sort of align yourself with um yeah, just a similar level of expertise in all the things that you're sort of doing, I guess, as, as a yeah. way to, to, to look at it. And I guess, because um, my brand is me. Yeah. So there's always, there's always been a point where, like, I could have tried to take on an associate or um, other f- photographers to shoot other weddings. Mm. You know what I mean? But I'll... Like I said, it's like I'm really happy with the amount of work I'm getting. It's paying all the bills. Mm. So, and I'm not trying to take over the world. It's just I'm happy just being me and then having the ability to say, nah, I'm not going to do more work. I'll just refer it on to other people. And then they get, then those people get work as well. So, like, yeah, it's just... I think society's in this mindset of like you've got to be this almighty thing and just say yes to everything. Where actually the more powerful thing is just to say no. Um, and the whole point of you working for yourself is the ability to say no to people. Mm. It's like, or like say no in everyday scenarios. So I'm gonna say you're working and like now nah, I'm not. I'm gonna stop working. I'm gonna go have a nap. Yeah. But, <laughs> I think that's the joy of working for yourself. Yeah, I mean, like, so many of us get into, um, so many of us get into working for ourselves, and we go, oh, I just want to be able to work whenever I choose to, and then we end up working nine days a week. You know what I mean? It's um, the great irony of it all. So, what you're saying really resonates. Like, it took it took me probably a good two to three years of like overworking like not stopping at five o'clock or checking emails at nine o'clock at 10 o'clock at night. Like now I try to I pretty much switch off at five. I don't try to reply to any emails on the weekend. So it's pretty much I've made myself a nine to five, Monday to Friday yeah. lifestyle. And you still like, I've got to go to work in the summer. Yeah. To shoot yeah. weddings, but like yeah. I've got that way more flexibility, and I know, like, oh, it's five o'clock. I've got to go cook dinner. So, yeah. yeah. Do you think it was kids, at, like kids and family, that started to make you question that work-life balance? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. 
definitely. Because, yeah, it, I mean, I was similar. Like, I've always uh, wanted that and, and felt that, like, nine-to-five schedule, like, as quite comfortable because I was sort of always aware of the creep, the work creep being an issue when I started working for myself. Um, but since having a kid, it sort of ramps that perspective up an extra notch again of knowing that, um, yeah, the, the, the like time at desk doesn't necessarily equate to my value as a contributing working part of this family unit. And so I've sort of learned to become even more flexible, um, throughout the day. Um, and I guess just, just trust my own intuition on the time I'm putting in with work versus the time I'm putting in with family. Yeah. Like the time, so say you miss time with your family, mm. you can't go back and get that time back. Yeah, Whereas you can work, work later on to make more money. Well, that's my mm. mindset. Like you can, you always got another day to make more money, but you won't have that day that you've missed with your, with your kids or your wife or your, mm. you know, you can't, you can't magically make more of that time because that's already gone. Yeah. And it does like, people always say it like their kids grow up fast and they fucking grow up fast. <laughs> yeah. Like in a few years, you'll look back and like, shit, where's that time gone? Yeah. That sort of thing scares the shit out of me as someone that's yet to have kids. <laughs> like I am a workaholic. I don't stop. I do, you know, seven days a week. And I think I've worn that as a badge of honour, but, you know, you sort of sit down and take stock sometimes and go, well, is this sustainable? And do I need to, like, get a hobby? <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least you well, get to sleep you? in, mate. You <laughs> don't have true. to wake up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. enjoy the, enjoy the sleep while it lasts. But, Andrew, actually, a, a question for you is, have you found the lines even blurrier since moving into the van between, like, work? Because there's obviously... For, for you guys, there's like there's no designated um, time for when is work time, when is not. But there's also, I guess, mm -hmm. now now de dedicated space for where is work and where is not. So, like, how have you found the transition into the van, like with that whole work-life balance thing? Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's probably the same for you guys. Like, we worked from home before living in the van, and now the van is home. We work from the van, so still working from home. Um, I think it's been great in forcing us to get outside because literally you open the door and there's not a bathroom that's outside. Um, so that part of it's been good. But yeah, it's, it is a work in progress and that's why I really like what you're saying, David, because it reminds you to take stock of the fact that there is more to, to life than work. Um, we're getting there. We've still got a lot of improvement to, to, um, to go, but we've taken off more days off than we probably ever have in our career since we moved into the van, which has been great. And yeah, it does. Like, uh, I think yeah. about having kids and it sort of you go, oh shit, I don't even know if I'm ready because I'm not good at taking time off. It's an it's a everyday work on thing too. Like, I don't, there's no one aced, aced life. Yeah. Always, like, um, and with the kids thing, when you do decide to have them and they're there, they're always there. So that's yeah. I think to think about too, like yeah. once they're there, you can't get rid of them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know? 
they will wake you up. They will sit on your face. They will jump on your back. They will push it over. They will touch it, but you don't want them touching. You know, yeah. it's like. But then they're lovely too. Like it's the best thing. So cute, though. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. <laughs> so cute. So cute. And then you realise, yeah, there's many versions of yourself. So if you start resenting them, you're resenting yourself. So like, <laughs> resenting your own choices. That's that's me. I'm, that's how annoying I am. <laughs> but in a mini figure. Um, cool, man. Well, I, I liked that little that little diversion in the, in the combo. That, that was cool. That, I wasn't really expecting it to go there. I jumped, jumped on the call, but I'm glad we did. Um, mm. to, 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 to go full circle and to sort of start to to wrap things up here. Um, I would love to, I guess, David, for you to sort of maybe look at what you did with Tina and Chris. And you've talked about the fact that you wouldn't do something like that again because of the learnings of it just being, just taking so long and being and just not being the sort of thing that you want to do moving forward. But I'd love to hear your perspective on I guess trying new things like that anyway, and whether you think you, I guess, developed creatively or what you learned through that process and the benefit of just going fuck it and trying something new. Um, I think every now and then it's good to have like a passion project to like fill your soul with joy. Like I love that whole from wedding to delivery and like and they, they were stoked with it and like it coming together how how like semi how I wanted it in my head um like definitely definitely do like try things and new things like not everything's going to work too like, mm. I've tried so many things and they're all shit but like <laughs> Every now and then, within all that shit, you might find like a golden nugget. And I think, well, well, that wedding was my golden nugget within all that shit that I've tried. Um, but no, it, it definitely was. Even like, I'm, I think mentally and emotionally, I put so much into it too. So if it if it didn't work it would have been quite um, demoralizing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it was fun. Like, def yeah, if, if anything, people should just try new things and try to do stuff outside their comfort zone anyway. Every now and then. Not all the time, because that will crush your soul. But every now and then, <laughs> try new things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it sounds like the um the gift training paid off anyway. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> have you um I'm curious to know, have you always um uh, made a conscious um effort to keep trying new things in your craft to keep it interesting and um just for passion, just for no other reason, just for curiosity and fun? Or is that something that you've consciously, you know, tried to do? Um, it's 
I try to I try to do. I guess on a on a wedding day, I'm not going in with the mindset of being a creative. I don't think like first it might sound weird, but I don't think I'm like an overly creative person. I just like um, processing, like doing things and trying to do it well. Mm -hmm. um, and on a wedding day, I'm not, yeah, on a wedding day, it's not about me trying to be creative. It's about me trying to capture stuff for the couple, for them, of their wedding day. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not one of the photographers that are super artsy, like, to be honest. I just, if that's a nice, if I think that's a nice photo, I'll take a photo of it. But it's not me trying to be like fucking fancy or anything. But yeah. Yeah, yeah but I think that's something we, we've heard more like again and again is that people who make stuff for the couple and not for themselves are the people who make epic shit because that ends up being more authentic than someone who's just trying to flex their own creative muscles for the, for the hell of it. Like when you're doing something for, for your couple first, that's what is going to sort of shine through. And that's what I've heard again and again from people on this show. It's just the people who are doing it for the couple other than doing the epic show. And I'm just, I'm low key at weddings just for canapes anyway, to be honest. Yeah. Yes. Canapes <laughs> and then a really, a really nice dinner every weekend, you know. Yeah. Wedding food's good when you can get it. When when they when they actually dish it up, it's great. <laughs> I just love a really good feed. Yeah. That's my creative outlet. It's just eating food. Yeah, right? nice man, love it. Nah, cool. That's awesome, bro. It's so it's really cool to hear. I mean. Uh, What's been nice too is is having talked to people all over the world on this show and having not spoken to a Kiwi in a while on the show, it's kind of cool to circle back and talk to a Kiwi and get like that kind of, I kind of forgot how like humble and not okay with talking about their own shit Kiwis are. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, it's, like you, you keep talking down what you're doing and saying like, oh, I'm not that creative. It's I'm not that good at video, but you're fucking epic, dude. And and your work is amazing. Oh, yeah. And 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 this film for Tina and Chris is a just stand up piece of creativity. And I think what you were saying around, um, it was your gold nugget in in the pile of shit, is good for people to be aware of in terms of like knowing that you are creative and just because you make something and it doesn't fully get realized to what's in your head, that's okay. That's one of your pieces of shit. Keep making and you'll eventually stumble across the little gold nugget. It will be in there, but you have to make the shit if you want to make the gold yeah. in terms of what you're uh, that's, uh, yeah. I, I think the nature of, it's probably controversial, but we're, we're quite in a world of like snowflakes where if it's too hard or if it's not what everyone else is doing, it's kind of like wrong. Um, 
or like taking criticism. I love criticism of my work. I'd rather tell, get people to say, oh, that photo's a bit shit, Dave. Like, <laughs> and then, you know, but like, okay, tell me what, shit. Like, oh, it's like, uh, oh, it looks like it's back focused a little bit. I was like, oh, fuck it, is eh? Or like, because um, you're not like, I think you learn more from, I guess it's got to still be constructive criticism. You can't just have people saying it all your stuff's shit because it does hurt your feelings. But we're too, I think we're in a society where we're too easily offended with getting stuff wrong or doing something wrong when actually it's okay to do something wrong if you can learn from it and try to improve from it. Um, yeah. Instead of just putting up the sword like, hey, yo, that's, you're saying my stuff's shit. When actually, they're probably like, they're, sometimes they're coming from a, a good place to tell you, so I'll try to help you improve. Um, yeah. But then I'm quite a, uh, I talk, not uh, less, less now, because I'm older, but a quite straight, straight talker. Uh, and it just appreciate, I guess it's honesty. I appreciate honesty, to be honest. Yeah. 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 It's using it as a chance to grow rather than a chance to get yeah. offended. Yeah. 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 Oh, 100%. Cool. Well, yeah. Amazing. Well, I think that's a good place to leave things, David. And I just want to say again, thanks so much for coming on the show. Awesome to finally meet you. I'm sort of been, you know, obviously aware of your work as a fellow Kiwi. So not this is what, this is what city, Asians do, Matt, too. Yeah. The global Asian um, appreciation. Yeah. 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 Sounds good, man. Um, yeah, so yeah, th thank you so, so much for coming on the show, sharing your work, um, sharing your process. Um, and yeah, it was, it, was, it was really awesome to get, get to chat. Uh, thanks, man. So hopefully, uh, hopefully there's enough there, and not just heaps of um, <laughs> mumbling, eh? <laughs> that was awesome. It was, it was good. Just, just nice, humble Kiwi, Kiwi chats. It was good, bro. Okay, man. Alrighty. Well, uh, yeah, that was that was awesome. And um, that basically that, that's going to do us uh, for today's show. Uh, thank you everyone for watching and listening. And uh, we'll have links to all of David's work, obviously to Tina Chris's film below. And nothing else. That's it. That's going to do us. See you guys. Thank you.